Hi, love. My name is Nitika Chopra, and I am your host for the podcast, Thriving Together. I'm so excited about this show because we are going to genuinely be on the journey together. I'll be sharing lots of behind the scenes and as many unfiltered moments from my life as I possibly can as I take you through what it has meant for me to learn how to thrive and the ways that I'm still learning every single day. While you will be on your own journey of thriving, figuring out what that means for you. And I know that so many of you out there might not even know if thriving is possible, but I want you to know through this podcast and this show that it absolutely is, that it has to be on your own terms. Thank you so much for being here with me and let's get started with thriving together. Hello, my loves. How are you? I am so excited to be here with you for another episode of thriving together. And we're just going to have such a fun time today. I absolutely loved this conversation that I had with today's guest, who is Carolina Chorvath. Um, she is amazing. I We get into the story of how we met and like how we know each other and everything during the episode. So I don't want to take up too much um, of those details. I want you to hear about it from her. But It has been lovely knowing Carolina for many years now and just being on the journey with her um, from one chronic illness uh, disability advocate to another has been pretty awesome. Uh, You might remember Carolina from this past year's Chronicon uh, in May as she was one of our amazing speakers. And she is also a journalist, a blogger, and as I said, a chronic illness advocate and has lived and reported in many countries. She's a lifelong spoonie and uses her platform to fight for access and inclusion for folks living with chronic illnesses and disabilities. Carolina is also the author of Self-Care for Spoonies, A Guide to Thriving with Chronic Illness. So I'm really excited for you to hear um, from Carolina. I know a lot of you probably already know who she is and have probably been following her work and things like that, but I do think that you get to know, you know, her a little bit more in depth in this episode. Um, So I'm excited for that. And um, yeah, it's December now when you're listening to this. And I am like relieved that the year is coming to an end, but I also feel a little stressed at the moment. Like there's so many things that I wanted to do this year and even more things that I thought I was going to do this year and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sort of balancing that a little bit. And our theme in the community this month is acceptance and surrender. So Carolina and I actually talk about that a lot in this episode. So I really hope you enjoy it. And I adore each of you who are listening. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And here is the episode of Thriving Together. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be joined by the amazing Carolina Chorvath. Hello, honey. How are you? Hello. I am good. I am encompassing all the things that it means to be human. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> no, just casual, you know, on a, on a weekday. We're recording this on a weekday. Um, yeah. I mean, same here. I feel like Today, I woke up and I've been having a harder time getting up and mm-hmm. kind of jumping out of bed like I would like to normally. Um, and I'm having some nervous system feedback and stuff happening. So, yeah. yeah, I feel all kinds of weird things. But I'm really happy that we're finally doing this because I feel like we've talked about 
wanting to have you on the show for a little while now. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And some of you might remember Carolina. I mean, she's done a ton of workshops with us in Chronicon's community. She's now really leading the Express Yourself Collective and doing workshops with us there. Um, but she also was a speaker at this past year's Chronicon and attended the first Chronicon. So I feel like you are a true OG. I am. I'm old school. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How was it for you coming back as a speaker after going to the first Chronicon? It was a complete full circle moment. Um, <clears throat> you know, I had the first time I came to Chronicon in person, it was right after I had quit my job that was really, really hard on my body that was not um, allowing me to take care of myself and also do my work. It was really, it was a very um, discriminatory situation, unfortunately. And I, you know, I left with the hope that I would find something better for my body, better for my life in general, my quality of life. And so coming to Chronicon was just a incredible experience because I felt like there was a possibility for me to live a different life. And so to come back as a speaker two years after my life really felt like it had changed from this community um, and to talk about community on, on our panel was just, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I couldn't have dreamt anything like that for myself. And it was just a complete, complete honor to be involved as like an integral part of the community and the event after being, um, you know, an attendee at the first one. Yeah, it was an honor for me to have you be a part mm -hmm. of the event in that way, especially because, you know, there are certain people from that first event, I mean, that I will genuinely never forget. Mm -hmm. And you are amongst those people because we've connected so much since then. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many times during the first couple years, you know, of the pandemic where I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What's going on? How is this going to happen? And then, you know, people like you would pop into my DMs and be like, hey, I'm here. I want to do stuff. Like, what are you up to? Let's keep going. Let's be each other's support system, like all those different things. And it really, that's how I got through it, you know, yeah. being able to get to that point. So it means a lot to me too. Yeah, no, I, I feel exactly the same way. I think, you know, me reaching out <laughs> was very much so like, you know, I, I was really struggling during the pandemic as everybody really in our community was, and I was desperate for connection. And, um, you know, I needed those workshops as much as any other attendee, you know, anyone who was involved with them. Um, it was a lifeline. Yeah. Oh my gosh. For me too. I, I said this so many times in the community, but yeah, there were so many days where I literally like couldn't get myself to do much of anything or oh, yeah. I was just like having such a hard time or last year having so many physical symptoms that were so challenging. And the only thing I did was go to a Chronicon workshop, yeah. you know, yeah. in our community. So that is like one of the greatest blessings of it being online too. You don't have to like schlep and like <laughs> worry exactly. about who's vaccinated, who's not, who's doing, you know, like it's, yeah, it's been a and huge And you can show thing. up however you want, like how I am today, you know, and I recently 
um, at least recently led a workshop where I, you know, had my messy hair in a bun and, and I was just like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> let's yeah. meditate. Let's, let's dig into ourselves a little bit and take some time to, um, to check in and take care. And, um, yeah, it is 100% like a living, breathing community that works both ways and in all directions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am so proud of that fact, mm, you know, you and it's, be. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But it's like, it's not, I mean, it was created from my heart and brain, but it, it wouldn't be that way if everyone didn't show up to meet that, you know what I right. mean? And like, that's the, like my smile just got so big. Cause that's the part <laughs> that makes me the most happy. It's like, I could journal about my dreams all day, but if no one shows up for them, then, you know, it's kind of like just a dream in a journal. Um, it's everybody's so it's, dream though, you know, whether or not they even know it. It's like when, yeah. once you get involved, you realize just how much you were missing out on that level of connection and, and understanding. And, and like I've said before, this ability to move far beyond your diagnosis, because that's just what is accepted is that all of us who show up here have some form of physical difficulty, um, or, or symptoms or ailments. Um, and so then I, I feel like unlike a lot of other communities, um, that focus on chronic illness and disability, this one allows you to move beyond that and develop yourself as, as a real, like fully formed human, um, who doesn't just define their life by their diagnosis, Yeah, which is a very hard thing to do. And, and that's why community is crucial. Mm, thank you for saying that. I'm like, yes, that was my, that was my hope. <laughs> that was my hope that we would do that. You know, that's what I've strived to do in my own life. And I still have to do that. Like when I get a new diagnosis, then I have to be like, okay, I have these additional symptoms. Now, how do I live beyond this box that my body wants to put me in? And I know you do that too with the work oh, that, yeah. that you do. Um, and I actually wanted to talk, I mean, I want to talk about so many things, but <laughs> one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, which is slightly connected to what you're doing in the community, I know that you are trauma-informed by Harvard, and I want to <laughs> understand a little bit about this process that you went through. Why did you decide to go go through these classes and you know, do this whole journey in this process. Um, I mean, Harvard is amazing. So like, why not? But, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, why did you decide to do that? What was that process like? Because now you're actually teaching and, and holding space rather for workshops that are trauma-informed in our community. And yeah, I'd love to know, like, what was that process like? Like, what did that look like for you? <laughs> um, the reason why I wanted to dive deeper into the education of trauma and trauma recovery was because um, I had seen how it had completely transformed my life and my family members' lives um, in terms of how they feel on a daily basis, their symptoms. And, um, you know, I... I wanted to understand it at a deeper level, at a level that, um, you know, is explained by neuroscience. Um, that was my original goal, really, to be involved in this course. Um, I literally just typed into Google, like, trauma recovery, you know, program. And this, in, like, intensive Harvard program came up. And, you know, I live in Boston. And even though it was virtual, um, you know, I had always, I mean, who doesn't dream of, like, 
going to Harvard. <laughs> so it was this awesome executive program for people across fields, a lot of doctors working in refugee camps and such. And um, so I felt a little bit out of place. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, um, but I just, you know, I, I have my own lived experience with trauma healing and having done a lot of work. And I really, you know, my goal in all of it was to, you know, not only like wield my story, but understand, understand the topic at a deeper level where I could then be of some use, hopefully to other people within our community, because, um, you know, as a privileged white woman with health insurance, I have the immense privilege of being able to even take part in this kind of work, um, you know, to take time and an energy to focus on myself and my healing. That's a huge privilege that most people do not have. And for people who have gone through, um, you know, different forms of trauma and chronic illness, we know that, um, you know, these communities disproportionately impact, you know, brown and black people, uh, people who have lower incomes. And so I wanted to, I wanted to get as much information as I could so that I could then make these healing modalities more accessible and more available to people in situations like in Chronicon, um, where, you know, we meet once a month and I'm able to, take a couple of themes and like dive deeper into them and help people really understand their bodies. Because for some weird reason, even though we come onto this planet with our bodies, we don't learn about them <laughs> and how everything around us impacts them and impacts, you know, then our quality of life through, through symptoms or, um, you know, different chronic conditions. So I did that two week intensive class and I learned so, so much. And what was really awesome about it was, yes, I learned the neuroscience and, and like the medicine behind why our bodies respond the way that they respond and why they heal the way that they can heal. Um, you know, I think the concept of like neuroplasticity is like the biggest blessing in the world because it is the concept of hope really. If, you know, it's the idea that our brains can constantly change. So yes, they have, you know, there's a downside to it or quote unquote downside to it that they change in response to trauma, um, but also that they can heal from trauma, that there's always healing potential, which I just think is amazing. And um, so, you know, that part really fascinated me. And then the aspect of, um, you know, spirituality and, um, and community was such a big part of this course. And, you know, it's something that like when you're involved in community or you have a spiritual path in your life, it's, it's very clear to you. And obviously it's something that, um, indigenous people for millennia have been saying that community is crucial and, and spirituality is crucial to physical well-being and, and healing in particular. And it's just really, it, it was funny to me that like now Western medicine is finally catching up and doing the research behind what so many people knew intuitively for, for thousands of years, you know, um, so that was that was really affirming too. That was like, all right, so this this works. We know that community heals. 
how can I bring all of this together um, to the people within our lovely world <laughs> that we love so much um, and make, yeah, make the, make even the idea of trauma healing more accessible, you know? Yeah. I, I love that so much. And honestly, something that's been coming up for me lately is that I kind of, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. I don't think I've actually said this out loud to anyone. <laughs> Since it's just you and I here, this is a great time to say it. But I've been wanting to like do something where I go back to school in some sort of way, which mm. is like wild for me because I hated school and I could not get out of school fast enough. So funny. But I think um, it's just coming up for me and hearing you say that because I do think it can be this really beautiful opportunity to meet people you wouldn't have met before to expand your knowledge, obviously, but also like work a part of yourself and your brain that you don't normally have to do yeah, when yeah. we're creating content, you know, and doing other things. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been, it's very weird to me. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because it's the same thing for me. I could not get out of school fast enough. Yeah. I, I'm some, I'm, I love, love, love learning, but yeah. I am a doer. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I did not ever think that I was going to want to go back to grad school or take any form of other classes. And, um, I'm actually, so that program, um, is hosting a masterclass in Italy next month. And, um, they gave me a scholarship to go. Oh my so God, I will stop. be doing See, a masterclass what with I mean. them. <laughs> and like, it's, you know, again, I just personally, when things are really hard for me, um, you know, physically, emotionally, um, kind of as they have been to have knowledge is to have possibility, and it's just wonderful to have more possibilities available to us. Um, it's again, it's a it's a privilege, and it's something that I don't take lightly. And um, yeah, I just I, I love learning in this area because it just gives me hope. And the people that I meet in these courses are people who have seen the hardest things that life has to offer, and yet they still commit to this work and they believe in this work and they know that humans are capable of immense healing. And, um, you know, it's just so life affirming to, to meet with these people. Yeah. I love that. I really do. Now you've got me thinking I need to figure out where I'm going to go to school and what I'm going to do. Because I, <laughs> Ditto, I want to figure, yeah, I want to figure it out, but, um, no. And that just like makes me think of so many things. I mean, first of all, I'm just so glad that you did this and that you wanted mm. to, I know as soon as you were sort of finished with it, you reached out and were like, okay, <laughs> we got to figure out how to bring this to Chronicon. And I love that so yeah. much. Um, and I think people in the community really appreciate having that space where it is a little bit more focused on the hardships and the things that we've gone yeah. through, you know, um, because Chronicon is meant to be a place to uplift each other and to focus on things that are uplifting overall, but obviously not without the nuance of knowing that we've all been through a lot of stuff. Right. So right. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, the, yes, we talk about the hardships and such in this, in the express yourself group, but um, you know, my goal is to really provide people with agency to, 
who feel that they can do things um, in a world that often feels like it's out of our control, that there are things that we can do to improve our quality of life, to make breathing a little bit easier, um, to make existing a little bit easier. And as you continue to chip away at it, um, make it not just easier, but like valuable. And, and um, yeah, because, you know, we both believe that chronically ill and disabled people can have valuable and, and vibrant lives. And, and I just, if people, if all I can do within that one hour, like little session is just like plant the seed of, yes, you have the agency to live a vibrant life. Like this is a possibility for you. Then, then I'm like super happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And, you know, we are just to like switch gears a little bit here, but we are in the end of the year, you know, it's December now when we're actually sharing this with everyone. And I know that this month in the community, we're talking about acceptance and surrender. And mm -hmm. I feel like that has meant, you know, really specific things for me in my life, but in this year in particular. And I, I just kind of wanted to know, like, you know, what has that looked like for you this year? What have you been accepting and surrendering to um, in 2023? Yeah, um, it's been a big one. <laughs> um, really, this year for me has truly been about um, embracing the uncomfortable. Um, you know, in trauma healing, I had spent a long time trying to uh, work on my anxiety and kind of almost like try to rid myself of anxiety. And, you know, now I'm integrating back into work and everything. And um, I'm really learning that it's not so much about ridding yourself of the anxiety because that is human, you know, that is um, anxious energy and, um, and such, you know, it feels the same as excited energy. So whether or not it's, you know, I don't really like to label things good or bad, but whether or not, you know, it feels good or it feels bad, um, it, it's still going to express itself in your body in the same way. So like, how can we work with those feelings? Um, and how can we accept that? Like we are sensitive creatures. <laughs> you know, I always say I'm a sensitive bunny <laughs> that is kind like constant relation to everything around ourselves. And um, for me this year, it's really looked like showing up as my full self when I'm working. Um, you know, I spent most of my life hiding that I was chronically ill and disabled. Um, and it took so much extra energy for me. Um, and it took energy out of my work, out of my happiness. And this year I have, you know, unapologetically just shown up as I am. Um, and, you know, not r really trying not to apologize all the time for, for being sick and doing my best not to feel guilty for being sick. And, you know, all of that is easier said than done because regardless of like what kind of worlds we live in, in our own homes, once we enter the workforce, it's a completely different scenario. And, you know, we live in a capital capitalistic world that wants you to constantly produce more and more and more and go, go, go. And, 
um, you know, not really think long term, but think short term and growth. And, you know, that doesn't work for chronically ill and disabled people. It honestly, I don't think it works for anybody because not that many people seem to be thriving these days, <laughs> but it definitely doesn't work for us. So, um, you know, I am just more matter of fact about it. You know, when I started taking my class, I just let my professors know, like, this is my health scenario and I might not be able to show up in the way that other people are showing up, but like, I will be present and I will get the work done. And, um, so, but, but it's been really, it's been like the most uncomfortable thing <laughs> to sit in the discomfort of it all, you know, and just accept sometimes that, um, you know, I think also after we go through a difficult period, we're like ready for life to start again. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm using like air quotations all the time, which like doesn't work for a podcast. Oops. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're waiting for, for yeah, life to start again. And, um, you know, it, it's not, it's not so much about going back to the way things were before we got sick or before we flared, but really, taking those old parts of ourselves and melding them with this current version of ourself um, and, and finding, yeah, finding ways of work and ways of living that support all of that. And that doesn't, in practice, it doesn't look as pretty as it sounds. And I think we really need to be okay with embracing the ugly um, and it's really hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. And the ugly can get really, really, really ugly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing so. that keeps coming to my mind when you're sharing all of this is, which you sort of touched on a little bit at one point, but just like the isolation mm -hmm. that comes from this process that you're talking about. And I know, you know, you have a partner, you're married, so it's like you live with someone, right? And, but it's still, I find still. that as chronically ill, and I, that's something I kind of want to talk about because I live alone and I know, you know, a lot of people in our community <clears throat> do too, but it, I, I'm getting the sense more and more, <laughs> even when you're partnered, um, it still can feel very isolating and alone when you're going through these kinds of changes yeah. and experiences. So can you talk to us a little bit about that aspect of things? And then maybe we can talk about some of the things that you do to move through that. Yeah. I mean, you know, my partner is very healthy and that's awesome for him. <laughs> can't relate, but sounds fun. <laughs> um, so, you know, even though, even though I have a partner, um, you know, he, he doesn't live inside my body. He doesn't know what it's like. So, um, you know, I, I try and balance voicing what I am going through, um, communicating what I'm going through to the best of my ability, but also, um, cultivating a space inside myself that feels supportive and that feels, um, yeah, that feels, that feels supportive and that feels nourishing. And, you know, I, I think that's the hardest work to do 
when it's, when it feels like it's just you and you, um, you know, that's where spirituality comes in for me, tapping into the earth, tapping into the cosmos. Um, you know, I always, I always feel held when I tap into mother earth. Um, but yeah, cultivating that like safe and brave space within ourselves, um, and then reaching outward, you know, even if we're talking to people within our communities, um, you know, even just vaguely saying we're going through a hard time, um, it's better than staying isolated and not saying it to anybody. You know, it's okay to say, this is really difficult. I am really struggling. Um, and at the same time, practicing that you know, it's not always going to be this hard. Things happen in cycles. Things happen in waves. Sometimes things feel so beautiful and light and airy. Other times they feel really dark. Other times it's all happening at the same time, <laughs> like it kind of feels right now. And that's just what it means to be human. And so that's where that acceptance comes in. Being human is not a perfect process. It is very very messy process. We are kind of hilarious beings. <laughs> so, you know, um, and humans unfortunately create a lot of our own suffering. So, um, you know, yeah, I just, I, I think suffering is a fact of life. And if we can cultivate spaces within ourselves and within our communities to be, um, safe and supported as well as brave and encouraged, to do things that, um, that nourish us and nourish our communities, then yeah, that's, that's the best, that's the best we can do. <laughs> and that's another element of acceptance. You know, um, there's a, there's a principle in Buddhism that really changed my life. I think maybe like six years ago now, and it's all about acceptance. It's called dukkha. And it's all about the, the thought that life comes with suffering. And when we resist the suffering, we're only adding on another layer of suffering. So why resist it? Why not just like dive into it and ask ourselves throughout the process, um, what am I learning? What have I not seen yet? You know, um, and just allowing ourselves to sit with it sometimes. Which again is always way easier said than done. <laughs> no, totally. And I, I didn't realize that that was that particular sentiment was um, a Buddhist practice or philosophy. But I've definitely over the years realized that a lot of times I'll do something or something will happen and I'll feel bad about it, and then I'll just like beat myself up so oh, much. Yeah. Like I did that did yesterday. <laughs> See, this is what I mean, right? You know, so it's way like, easier to talk about it than actually do it, right? Like it's yeah. literally a practice. <laughs> it really is. So it's like, okay, you just did something that you wish you hadn't done or said something or whatever, or didn't do something that you wish you had done. And now you're going to like spend the next two weeks or two hours or 10 days, whatever, like beating yourself <laughs> up about it. Like that is just, does not seem like an efficient <laughs> way to spend your energy. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate that perspective. And I think it is a good reminder um, as we close out the year and we start to, 
you know, reflect on what did we do this year that we maybe want to do differently for 2024, you know? So that is a question uh, we're getting, you know, towards the end of our time together. But I did want to ask you, you know, what do you hope for 2024? Like, what are some things that you want for yourself or for your community, um, for your body, like whatever might come up for you for 2024? Mm. Um, goodness. I think this year for me has been about integrating my health with my career and my career. When I say career, I mean like life's work more than like job and making money. Um, and I would like that process. I would like to be more confident in that process next year. I would like to feel less apologetic. Um, and you know, know that the year prior was about integration and that the coming year is more about finessing. Um, but you know, one thing I wanted to mention in terms of like coming to the end of the year, and there are so many feelings that come up with, you know, the end of the Gregorian calendar anyway, whatever, whatever new year you're looking at, right? We have many new years in the year, depending on (laughs) your, your background and faith and such. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of icky feelings that can come up at the end of the year. And I just wanted to offer a little bit of comfort (laughs) in saying that, you know, some years are meant to be grieving years. Some years are meant to be building years. You know, not every year has to be a year where you like really accomplished something. Um, I think our concept of what we accomplish is warped. Um, a lot of the time, the biggest things that we can accomplish are not things that we're posting about on Instagram, you know, like healing your relationship with your family or um, balancing a way that you can eat nutritionally, but still not restrict yourself, um, you know, changes in school, um, you know, joining your neighborhood board, whatever it is, like there are things that um, I think we don't generally label as successes on a daily basis, but we certainly should. And so if you're coming at the end of the year and you're like, oh my God, all I did was focus on my health this year, that's okay. Some years are just like that. And, you know, give yourself some grace as you move forward. When you look back in time, you'll be grateful that you spent that time devoted to your health because, you know, we only have these one bodies for this one life. And, and so it's, it's worth every ounce of every ounce of energy and love that we pour into it. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I've stopped making plans, honestly, because every time I make I make a plan, the universe is like, guess what? <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> so I'm making my my goals for next year very broad. I hope I hope to continue learning and I hope to be able to continue to more broadly share these modalities of healing because I truly, truly believe that humanity is in a place that it's in, which feels really hurtful and painful right now because people have not encountered their own healing. They have not gotten into it. And so everyone, including the leaders that are supposed to be taking care of our world, everyone is showing up with their most hurt, painful, traumatized, 
uh, reactive selves. And so if I can, with the help of community, with the help of teachers and like the healers in the world, if we can heal people and have them develop and, and um, commit to a love ethic, then, um, I mean, what's better than that? <laughs> sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, that sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> that really does. Sounds pretty sparkly, but like, you know, one day at a time, one person at a time. Um, but it ripples out. I really believe it ripples out. So Yeah, I believe that too. And I think that's, you know, that's sort of the humbling work for me too in a lot of ways. Like I'm just actually recently I've been like doing a lot of that comparing to others and being mm. like, oh God, like that person already did this or this person already built that or, oh my gosh, like I feel like you know, I should have already built a hundred more things by now or whatever. You built whatever. Chronicon. Hello, we're on your podcast right now, you silly goose. <laughs> oh my God, you're so funny. <laughs> like whatever my version of success is, right? Like I should have built it to a place where like, I don't ever have to think about money or like I don't ever have to worry about where the next partner is going to come from or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And um. I think what's been coming up for me is like, oh, like this work is so humbling. Mm, like mm -hmm. I can go online and see all of these people and all of their accolades. But then at the end of the day, like I just have to go offline and get into my bed and, mm -hmm. you know, have my own thoughts and my own experience. And nobody knows what I'm going through or what I'm thinking or what's going yeah. on, you know, and it's, it really is a solo journey mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that reprogramming and rewiring constantly from being like, look at me, external validation, totally. go, whatever, you know, to being like, I am alone <laughs> in my yeah. room. Yeah. Again, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge shift and I'm definitely going through that process right now, especially Me as too. I start to, oh really? Okay, great. We're, oh, absolutely. We're I mean, I haven't been on Instagram in two weeks and I don't know when I'm going to come back or I'm sure I will at some point because it's a part of my work, but like you and I both spent a big portion of our life in content creation. And yeah. like you said, there's that external validation all the time and you get so wrapped up in comparing yourself to other people. And the reality is, is all those other people that you're comparing yourself to are also laying in their beds, mulling over their lives and thinking about who they should be more like. And, um, you know, Instagram and social media is a beautiful tool for people with chronic illness and disability. It is a liberating tool for us. But it is one, like any tool, that should be used carefully. And, you know, I, I don't know, I encourage people to take, to step offline and step outside <laughs> and, you know, dive deeper, like really deep into the deepest part of themselves. Um, you end up finding community in there too, you know, um, and yeah, stepping away from online and stepping away from those pressures of needing to be a certain way, um, you know, it's all made up. <laughs> yeah, It's all made up. Everything that we have done, including the words that we're using right now, has been made up. 
by humans. So yeah. why can't we make up a world that works for, uh, for our bodies and for ourselves, you know? Why not? Yeah. Or make up a world where we're just like amazing all the time and no one can tell us otherwise. Um, no, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so important. And I agree those social media breaks or, you know, just kind of reprogramming, you know, your relationship to yeah. the digital Especially space. if you're going through a flare. Especially if oh you're going God, through totally. a flare, you yeah. know, it's, there's a lot of grief around that. And I feel like it's just added suffering and added grief to have the FOMO, you know? Yeah. Um, and the FOMO is real. <laughs> like yeah. it is, it is real, but yeah. And that's where, that's where, I mean, here I go. I'm just going to plug for Chronicon yet again. <laughs> um, it's really great because you don't have that kind of stuff happening in the Chronicon app. I have gone to the Chronicon app in my social media break yeah. to connect with people in a way that I want to connect in a way that feels, you know, replenishing. Yeah. No, I mean, I genuinely feel the same way. And I know obviously like I built it, but I, I feel that way. I feel like on the days when I'll go to Instagram and I'll be like frustrated or disappointed or just like feel bad about myself. Like it's not even like for any specific reason, I'll just find myself feeling fine and then I'll go on Instagram and I'll feel bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's just that simple, <laughs> like, you know, and then, yeah, I'll go to Chronicon's app too, honestly, and just be like, it, there's a purity there that really mm. resonates with me. Um, and I do feel, I mean, sometimes like one person will respond to the thing that I posted. It's not because it's like a hundred thousand people responding, <laughs> but it's just there. Yeah. It's that pure connection and that feeling of like, even if it is one person that day, um, I feel like I really made an impact with that one person and they yeah. actually really wanted to know what I had to say, you know? Yeah. Um, it's that acceptance piece that's yeah. like built into the framework of the community. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Speaking of acceptance and surrender for December. Um, and, <laughs> surrender you know, December. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> surrender December. Um, okay. Well, every interview always ends with one question, and that is, what does thriving look like for you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can feel it with my whole body right now. <laughs> uh, thriving... I mean, personally, thriving for me looks like a life where I have the capacity to nourish myself. And I mean that in a physical way, in a mental way, in a spiritual way. Um, it looks like being outside, breathing fresh air. These are things that, you know, if you're in a place with fresh air and quiet, you can easily take for granted. But if you live in a city, the concept sometimes feels so foreign. And, you know, I, yeah, thriving for me looks like a life where I'm able to be creative, where I'm able to have a quality of life that allows me to do my life's work um, and love on the people around me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So beautifully said, and I'm so glad that we had this time to talk yeah. today and I've catch up. you. <laughs> I know, I'm going to say catch up a little bit and, you know, um, yeah, and, and hopefully everybody listening really got to hear um, parts of you that they didn't know about before. So yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation and thank you so much for being with us, Carolina. Thank you so much. It's always an honor to speak with you. <laughs> you as well.
All right, loves. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Thriving Together podcast. If you did, I would love to have you subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And please be sure to rate and review the show, especially if you liked it, because it really helps make sure that this content gets to more and more people. Thanks so much for listening. And I cannot wait to be with you for the next 